As we come into our closing message talking about who we are as a church, it's important to just take a sec and talk about why we're at where we're at today. Because since about the beginning of the year, we've been moving towards being able to answer a question, this question. What is church for? I think there's a lot of people in our world that are asking that question. Do I even need church in my life? What's it for? What's the point? Why am I supposed to go? Is it helpful? And we ask those questions of ourselves at this church. Why do we do what we do? Is this helping people? And so as we look at our church, we have to zoom it all the way back and be like, well, what did Jesus think about it? That's why we looked at Jesus' rhythms. How did he live? What did he want people to know? We looked at the early church. How did the early church operate? And then we bring it all the way to us, the bridge, right now, Bellingham, Washington, 2023. We say stuff like, we're the people for the job. If you believe that you're the person for the job, can I get an amen? Okay, good. Half the room believes that they are the people for the job to carry forth the message of Christ in our generation. I'm of that half. I believe it's for us. We're not good enough to do it on our own. We need the Lord just like the early church did. We need to be walking with Jesus just like he said when he was on the earth. So today we're closing our series on early church rhythms, series that we've called Our Time, because this is the time that we've been allotted. Sometimes I think that I should have been born in the late 1800s. Because I would have been a good gunslinger, I feel like. Not that I like it for targets, not for people. But uh, I would have wanted to ride a horse um, instead of driving a truck. Driving a truck's cool, though. I uh, felt like I'd have been a good cowboy. Sometimes I feel like I was born out of time. Um, so maybe you feel like there was another decade that you might have fit better. But the reality is you're alive now for a reason. Because this is the time allotted to you. You're supposed to be where you are. The rhythms of our time, of the bridge, focus on kind of the things that we want to do. Three things that we have said at the bridge, and we have them on our website, and they're just words that we filter stuff through. The first one we talked about last week, gather. We talked about that we gather people to Jesus through our culture, through our communication, the things that we say, the things that we teach, and then through our character, who we are as people. We want to finish today by talking about our last two. Because when people are gathered into the love of Jesus, we believe that these things will happen. Sometimes it takes time. Just as you're in process, others are in process, it takes time for relationships to build and for people to um, open up their lives. But we believe as people walk with Jesus that these things will happen. Number one, will be changed. Remember, Jesus had the rhythm of transforming people. The early church, they were constantly transformed by the Spirit of God. We believe that if people get enough exposure to Jesus, he'll change them. He'll transform them. Always for the better, never for the worse. We use the word grow. Because grow is something that, that is a picture of a process. We believe people will we believe we will grow as we walk with Jesus. 
And then we believe that we will, in turn, live differently. As we get to know Jesus and walk with him, he's going to change us. We're going to be different. We use the word give. It's a response. We give to God. We give back to God, to family, our families. I love that prayer that Ezra said for, for dads. And I'll say on behalf of all dads what he prayed. We do want to provide. We do want to do a good job, but we know that we can't. We fall short on our own. But it is our desire to respond to God, to our family, to our church, our community, and our world. So we want to look at these last two things this morning. So that's our, I just primed the pump. Let me pray, and then we'll talk about these last two points as we close this series out. Sound good? All right, so Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time in which we live. We admit, Lord, there's stuff going on in our world that uh, is hard to understand. And uh, it's hard to go through. Uh, conversations we, we may have had with people this morning, that people are going through things in their life that is hard to understand. But we believe that you understand. And not only do we believe that you understand, but we believe that you actually can work through all things that are going on to draw us closer to you. So Lord, as we open up your word this morning, we believe it is your word to us. Would you speak to us? We love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. So why do we do the things that we do? Well, we want people to grow. Not just do we want people to grow, we want to be people who are growing. The bridge is committed to being a place where people can grow in their faith. Now, the thing about growth, it's always a journey and never a destination. We never arrive at knowing it all. I was thinking about growing, and I, there are things that God wants to show us and that he wants us to learn. It's always rad when God shows you that um, you're doing good, that you're enough, that he has called you, and that he doesn't want anybody else, he just wants you. It's always a hard thing when God has to tell you you're actually not that special. When you build your world so much around you and what you think and what you feel and what you want to do that God actually has to say, you know, it's not all about you. It's about Jesus. But growth, nonetheless, is always a destination. We never arrive. Jesus called the people that followed him his disciples. It was known in that day as you followed a rabbi, they were your teacher, you were their disciple. You listened to what they say and how they lived. So we said we gather the people to Jesus through our culture, communication, and character. That's because that's what a rabbi did with his disciples. His lifestyle, the things that he said, the way that he lived. A disciple is a student. Disciple means student. It actually means a learner. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's a Padawan. So you can say this, in life, you're always a Padawan and never a Jedi Master. There's only one Jedi Master. His name is Jesus. And we are always learning from him. We grow and we point people to Jesus and we grow in his love for us through the word of God. 
The Bible is what God has written to us. It is written through people, through people's situation and lives over 1,500 years. But it's what God has given to us that we could grow in our knowledge of God. If you want to know God more, the Bible is where you want to look. If you want to know, specifically you want to look at the person of Jesus. I kind of think of it like this. If you want to know God, know Jesus. Jesus is God. If you want to know Jesus, know the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. And if you want to know about Jesus' life, start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you go out from there and you realize that everything written points to him, to this person who, yes, there's brokenness in the world. Yes, sin entered the world in Genesis chapter 3. And the plan of redemption entered in the same chapter. And at the very end, God will make all things right. And it's all because of the person and work of Jesus. This is what we call the gospel or the good news, that we're not on our own, but that Jesus is with us. We're always pointed to Jesus and his love for us through the Bible because Jesus is our teacher. Remember, Jesus had the rhythm of teaching people. He loved to do it. And the early church were students to Jesus and to his word. So are we. Jesus is our teacher. The Holy Spirit, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is a teacher. God delights in our heart to learn from him. Listen to what Jesus said about wanting to teach people. We've said this verse a few times, but I want to reiterate it because it's important. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 28, or excuse me, Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And Jesus speaking about teaching. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So he's like, if you're tired, you're weary, you're weighed down, I want you to come to me. I have rest for you. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Where does it say anything about teaching in there? Being yoked up, this doesn't talk about just what Jesus does, but how he does it. When you learn from, when a young ox learns how to plow a field from an old ox, they get paired up together. You get yoked up to the, to the better ox who knows what he's doing, or if it's a female ox, what she is doing. And as you go, you're trained in this. But he say, what Jesus is saying, not only am I going to show you how to do it, I'm going to give you rest in the process. There are things that God wants to teach us about how to live, about how to be about how to be a student, about who he is. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is always teaching us. I hope you know that. But growth is optional. God is always teaching. Growth is optional. Let me put it like this. If you want to grow in God's kingdom, you will grow. If you don't want to grow, you won't grow. It's kind of... The, the Holy Spirit is the most equal opportunity employer there is. If you want to grow and to know God more and have him work in your life, the promise is it'll happen. If you don't want him to do it, it won't happen. If you are willing, if you are open, you will grow. If you're closed, you won't. 
So as I, I ask the question to you, how are you growing in your faith right now? What is God? This is what we do at life groups. By the way, we have life groups. They're done for the summer. We'll start them back up in the fall, but it's a time where people connect throughout the week, and we say stuff like, hey, in the message on Sunday, it was talking about growth. I was thinking about that. What is God, how are you growing in your life right now? What is God showing you? Because we have this thing about growth, and I, it's when you say to someone, oh, I see how much you've grown. It's, it's actually a strange word because it has a connotation with like, I saw that you used to be down here, but now you're up here. Good job, Christian. Because growth, we have this sense of you were bad and now you're good, but growth is like journey or process. I see that you are um, in process or learning. What are you learning about God's kingdom? What are you learning about God's ways? Do you know you could go to church your whole life and not learn some of this stuff in your own world? Because knowledge puffs up, the Bible says, but love builds us up. It's what God, it's what transformed us. So I want you to, and I want you to be growing in your faith. This is what we want here. That's what I want for me and for you. So much of us, and we're all being taught something different. We're all being taught that God is good, that he loves us, that he has a plan for the world, that he paid for the sins of the world. But some of you are learning as you're walking with God, gosh, I'm like a city with no walls. I'm broken down. I don't have any boundaries in my life, and it's wrecking me. God is teaching you, hey, man, you need, or hey, sis, you need to have some boundaries in your life. Here's what that could look like. Some of you are looking like I'm so walled in because I think I'm keeping myself safe that nobody knows me and I'm dying. I'm alone over here. And God's saying, I want you to open up. He's always teaching us. Some of us are being like, I'm fine the way I am. And God is actually being like, actually, that thing that you think is fine is tearing you apart. It's called sin. What was that, what he's saying this morning? Um, we trade something, trade our, what was that lyric in the song? We trade our something for joy. And I was like, if people actually believe that when they came to church, I, I, I think that we do, but if everybody actually did, it would change the world. If you believe that you could bring your brokenness, and there's maybe you should have a trade-in box, and you come in and be like, trading that in, and you're taking God's grace and forgiveness and mercy with you when you leave. Some of us need to grow, and we know that like these attitudes that I have aren't helpful this prideful attitude, this type of attitude. God is working. I, I hope that each one of us can say, here's how I feel God is. Here's how I'm learning. Here's how God is teaching me. Humility, relationships, our marriages. Because as we mentioned, a disciple is a lifelong learner, and we should never stop learning. If you have stopped learning, you feel like you have it together. You're the boss. You're doing good. You're fine. You don't need to know anymore. I would say if you have stopped, it's for one of two reasons. You've either quit because it's hard and you don't like what you're finding, or you think you've arrived. Jesus battled this with the religious people of his day. They thought they arrived, and he was actually like, you don't know nothing. 
and he would use these radical comparisons of people. This person over here who has lived like a gnarly lifestyle, and they're just saying, God, please be merciful to me. And this other person was like, thank God I'm not like that person. And God said, someone left here justified and changed. Who do you think it is? This is what I feel the Lord might want to encourage us dads with today. Your personal growth, dads, is the best gift you can give to your families. I believe that that's true for all of us. The best gift you can give to the world around you is your personal growth and transformation. That's your character. That's your identity. That's who you are. That is what makes all the things that you say valid. That's the, you know, we do as I say, not as I do. How about follow me as I follow Jesus? I want to read you a couple of verses that have always meant a lot to me, and maybe they'll mean a lot to you, because I believe that the best thing I can give to, to everybody, to my kids, to my wife, to the world, to you, is my personal growth. I believe it because of this. Paul said this to Timothy, his little brother in the faith, as Timothy was, let me read you a couple of verses. It's going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 4. These are a couple things Paul said to Timothy about his personal growth. He said, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Um, just talk that goes nowhere. Rat instead... Train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, he's like, working out is good for the physique, physically working out. But there's a way to work out. Godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. And then skip down to verse 12. Let no one despise you. Hear me now for you guys, all of us, who want to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Let no one despise you for your youth. Young people, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Or for those of you that haven't been around church and you don't know the ways of God, but God is working in your life, don't let anyone look down on you because of your youthfulness and your knowledge, your naivety. Don't let anyone look down on you, but be an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. That's your changing. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. This was written to a pastor, so he's saying, don't let anybody who's older than you in church, who's been around the block longer than you, don't let anybody look down on you like they have it figured out and you don't. He says, instead, be an example in the things you say, the way you live. And he says, make Bible reading in public with others the utmost importance. Encourage people. Teach people. Do not neglect the gift that you have or who you are, which was given to you by prophecy when we laid our hands on you. He says this, and this is what stuck with me. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself. 
and your teaching. For by doing this, you will save not only yourself, but also your hearers. This is a very humbling thing. When you know you don't have it all together and you know you're in process, but you put yourself out there anyways, I'm going to try to do the right thing. I'm going to try to treat people with kindness. I'm going to take God's word in and ask him to work in my life. And instead of hiding what I'm not, I'm just going to put out who I am. That's what God is saying. That's what Paul is saying to Timothy through the word of God. But here's the thing about when your progress is evident to all. A couple of things are apparent. Let's say the good and the bad. Here's what's good. That you're trying. When you put yourself all the way out there, it's like, man, that person, they're trying. But it's also, it's, people can judge you for it. Ooh, nice try. You are trying, but mm, not so great. But you know what? You do it again because God is calling you to himself. And you do it again and your progress becomes evident. And then all of a sudden, the scripture is like, God uses the simple things in this world to confuse the heck out of the people who think they're wise on their own because God is working in this person because they're open to change, open to transformation. At the bridge, we want to be a place where if people are hungry to grow in their faith, they can grow in their faith. So dads, don't get discouraged. High five each other. Be around each other. I love our men's breakfasts and the things that are going on because it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around saying, God's got us. And we're praying for each other and walking with each other. So dads, you're doing, you're doing good. You're not perfect. Don't act perfect. Your kids already know you don't have it all figured out. But if they see your personal transformation and growth, they're going to know there's hope for them too. I hope you believe that. And before we move into give, let me say one thing. For those of you that feel called to be leaders in this world, and I believe that there are many of us in this room that, that what I just said, that's what you want. You want to lead in the way you live, in the things that you say. The best leaders in this world, according to God, are the best learners. The best leaders are the ones who are, learn are the best learners. The people who God places in, uh, you're a boss at work, you're a, you own a company, you're an example at school, these things, these are leaders, but God will never place you over what he wants to place you over until you place yourself under those he has placed over you. The best leaders, does that make sense? The best leaders are the best learners. Growth is always good at any stage in life. Lastly, we want to be a place where people give. You can talk about what we want to give, but here's what we want. We want to gather people to Jesus. We do that, like we said, through our culture, our communication, the things that we say, and our character. We want people to grow in their faith, but we want people to give themselves to God to others, to your families, to your church, to your community, and ultimately to the world. Jesus says, go into all the world, but you have to start at your own dining room table before you go out. This is where we come all the way full circle because everything you do as a church is what Jesus did. He wanted it to be 
replicable. We gather people to Jesus. As we're coming to him, we're growing. We're in process. God has shown us more. We believe that as we get to know Jesus more, he's going to change us, and we're going to trust him more. Trust him more with our lives, and also we believe that Jesus is what other people are looking for as well. I think that God wants you to know that you're actually super special, that your life is a gift because he gave it to you. You may not feel like it is, but God created you, knit you together, and he doesn't create mediocre works of art. He says he works in masterpieces only. We may see our lives and see stuff, brokenness and things that we've done, but God says he works all things together for good for those who trust him, want to grow in him, believe that he is working in their lives. God wants you to follow him, and I really believe with all my heart God wants us to share what we have with others. That's why we talk about being an outward-focused church. I believe the early church was crazy outward-focused. Because you know how we know that? What were they known What were they known for? It says they had amazing favor with people and God was adding to their numbers daily those that were being saved. There was something in what they were doing where where people were like, what is up with that? Maybe there's room for me there. And then they would join. It's because they were aware of other people. I think that one way we show God that we trust him and that we're growing is we learn to give ourselves away a little bit. Look at what Paul said to the Corinthian church. Now, this was a church that rad stuff was happening, but the people, they had a lot of issues as well. But he wrote to the Corinthian church, and he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, first three verses. The church people were kind of complaining that about their leader that, that planted this church and that they loved, but then kind of some stuff got in about maybe Paul wasn't as rad as they thought. Maybe there were better teachers that were teaching the church that they didn't just have to open themselves up to God, but that they needed to do some religious practices and, and be a certain way. And they were the word on the street was Paul actually isn't that rad because we're better apostles because we teach you how to be real disciples. We teach you all the real stuff you need to know to follow Jesus. And Paul says this. He's like, do we have to commend ourselves again? Like, do I have to um, defend myself and, and all the stuff that God was doing in us and through us? Do we need, like, some other people letters of recommendations to you or from you? But he says this. We don't need you. You yourselves are our letters written on hearts, known and read by everyone, you show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of living God, the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. He's saying this, people can say all of this stuff, but look at your lives. You are our letters. We don't have to have letters from recommendation like, yeah, five stars on this person. Look at yourself. 
Look at what God is doing. God has written his law on your hearts, and the world reads it. It's been said that some Jesus... It's been said that the only Jesus some people will see is your life. Now, that's both crazy frightening <laughs> and amazingly graceful on God's part that he would entrust to you, to me, vessels of clay we are, cracked pots, that God would pour the fullness of his goodness in our lives. But that's his plan that through the foolishness of the message preached, through the salt and light that are people's lives, that his gospel his, of grace, his good news, his love for the world would be shown through your life and through my life. That's how important God thinks you are. I hope a little bit more today you would believe, you would believe him. God uses all of us. And I want to tell some of you here today that think that you're not in a place yet where God can use you. I know what that feels like. I was encouraged by a friend this week. I went out to coffee, and I just want to tell you that some, that encouragement that was given to me. And this is what a friend said. He said, how old is the bridge? And we're nine, I think, right? Are we 10? COVID messed time up. Yeah. I think we're nine. Let's say we're nine years old. We might be 10. And he said this. He goes, I feel like you're nine years old and you want to be 12. And he goes, just have fun being nine. I think that was a word for me because sometimes I think about where I want to be. And if I just had fill in the blank, then we could really make, you know, just those things. I don't like starting new jobs. Is anyone there with me? I've never liked starting new jobs. You know why? I don't know what I'm doing. And I really want to know what I'm doing because I want to help. I want to, I want to pull my own weight. I want to be a leader. These things I want to do. But it's so humbling when you get there and you're like, I don't even know what to do. How could I have anything to offer? You have something to offer by being willing to learn, being humble, being part of something showing honor to other people. And I just thought that was a great word for me because um, God is doing amazing things. In three years from now, when we're 12, God will be doing amazing things. But these are the good old days. You know what I mean? Like that Macklemore song? Go listen to it. You'll see what I'm talking about. Here's what the, I want you to know. God doesn't want someone else's life. I hope you hear this. God doesn't want someone else's life. He wants yours. Listen, to Ezra spoke amazing truth for us as we heard. God's not asking that kid to be anything he's not. He's just asking him to be him. Of course we would tell him that. But I hope you would tell yourself that. And I need to tell myself that. We don't have to be in a certain place before what you have to share is valuable. We're going to be a church that doesn't just say that, but we believe it. You don't have to wait till you have it all together. If you wait until you have it all together, you'll realize you never will have it all together, so you will always give a photoshopped or phony version of your life, not the real version. You'll give the one that people want to see. 
You know the number one place in the world where people give a version of themselves that they think others want to see? Church. That's not what we want to be. Because if we do, people who will come and they'll be like, there's no process here. I'll never be what those guys are. Why even try? But there's a way to be both being transformed by God and fully transformed by God. We have, our sins are as far away from us as the east is from the west. If you have placed your life in Jesus' hands, you're, the Bible uses the word righteous. You're, you're right before God. But you, you will spend the rest of your life becoming more like Jesus. You're forgiven. You're good. But you're still broken. You still screw up and you still need God's grace every day. So you put yourself out there. And our kids be like, man, my dad doesn't have it all together, but I tell you what, he sure believes that Jesus loves him and will help him. They'll say that for you as well. Okay. We're all in this together. We need each of our stories. We don't need all of us to be in the same place. We need... Because we're growing up together. The Bible says that as we do this thing, in here and out there, he says that, he's at, that, that the Holy Spirit is actually doing this. And we're, so I'm being transformed. You're being transformed. But as we do this together, it says we're actually being transformed together into one thing. Ephesians talks about it. It says that God is working us together and we're actually becoming the body of Christ. Jesus is the head, and he's working us together, and he's strengthening our body, that we're all working toward the same end. So I want to talk about two ways that I believe God is working on our lives when it comes to giving, all right? Let's talk about in here as a church, and then let's talk about um, not in these four walls, but in our Monday through Saturdays type of stuff. So we'll look, talk about giving at church because this is important. A giving church is a church that knows that, that what we do here, not all of it is. In some ways, church isn't for us. We're here to worship. We're here to gather to Jesus. But in some ways, when you go to church on a Sunday, it's not for you. It's for the other people at church. I think it's vitally important for us to know this. That way, we're aware of other people. At church, you're part of a body. You're not just here to get something. I believe this with my whole heart. You are not just here to get something, but you're here to give something. For example, someone here today is worried that they don't belong here. Maybe you have felt that, and you see someone feeling that way. Maybe it's your role to help that person feel like they belong. Someone here today wonders if, if they deserve to be given this, if they deserve to be forgiven this time. I said, God, forgive me a hundred times, but I did it again. I don't know if I deserve to be forgiven this time, but if I go to church, maybe I can just 
feel better about myself or something. They don't know if they deserve to be forgiven. Statistics say someone in here is wondering if they even should go another day. Sorry, that's real life. And people are wondering. And we believe if, if there's any place in someone's life, Monday through Sunday, where they should be seen and be a part of something, we believe it's church. If there's one place in someone's world where they know I'm not alone, I may look different, I may have done these things in my life, but I'm seen, I'm known, I'm loved. We believe that if there's one place it could be church, even if it means that we're a bit of a motley crew in here, let it, so let it be. But the reality is, people go to church because they think they can hide. They don't have to get involved. If I just sit in the back, no one ever notices me, I'll slip out. Like, we've been programmed in certain ways, and I believe part, we believe part of what we're called to do is reprogram this thing. So what will we do? We're just going to do it, lead by example. We're going to be a place where if you want to grow, you can grow. And if you want to respond, if the Holy Spirit is inviting you to respond in your life, your response is as important as any other person in this room. We need it. At church, God is working. Amen? Amen. You are part of his plan of working in other people's lives. I love how one of my brothers puts it. We are all part of, God wants to touch people's lives we are all part of that touch that's not a guilt trip to say now you're like now we have to hang out after church for 20 minutes even if we have lunch plans because God wants to touch someone through our lives Um, it's just the fact that whether it's in here and we'll get to it or out there God is working through your life do you believe it We can choose at church to step outside of ourselves and see someone else. That's what it means to be outward focused. That's who we are. Okay, outside of church. We're all in process, whether you know it or not, God is working. And what we're learning, we're able to share with others. So in church, you're part of a body. In the world, you're part of a mission. In church, you're part of a body. In the world, you're part of a mission. The good news of your process and transformation in the gospel, let me just tell you something. It follows you. The Bible calls it an aroma. It's a smell that follows you. Uh, If any of you have teenage feet, not if you have teenage feet, but if you do, you know that there's a, there's a smell involved. Something. Um, I always think about what, it, what, what is the smell that comes off? Of, I'm, I, I'm like, if the, it says you're, you're an aroma of Christ. To some people, it stinks. To some people, it's beautiful. 
So if you just focus on smelling beautiful to everyone, you'll, you'll never be true. And, but to some people, it's beautiful. There's, there's, a, there's a, like, someone sees your life and they're like, man, that smells good. What is it? In the world, we're part of a mission. I think that it's up to us. We decide how much of part of that mission we want to be. But if God is working through you, and there are simple prayers that are coming from you, like, God, if you could use my life, I want you to. He's like, I can. What he wants is for you to be open. We use the word give. God gave himself to you. And so it's just giving bits of ourselves. We give some of our time to someone. We give more of ourselves to God. Another word for that is trust. He takes bit by bit, layer by layer, and we trust him with more. And we give a little bit of our faith away. Now all of a sudden, you're not like uh, you have to be a good Christian at work. Now all of a sudden, God is doing something in your life that you share a little bit of hope a little bit of what God is showing you, how you're learning, how you're in process, and that's giving something away. It's, uh, it's a lot more freeing than having to do everything right all the time. Let me conclude with this. And we'll conclude the series. And then we'll move on to something else. Gather, grow, give. These are words that we use, and guess what? Surprise, surprise, they're rhythms. There's a rhythm of life where we come to Jesus because we need him. There's a rhythm of life to being in process, and there's a rhythm of life to sharing what we have with someone else. We gather to Jesus, we grow in him, we give him to the world around us. It's really as simple as that. That's why when people come or we're talking about what we're going to do in the next year is like how does this people help people gather to Jesus in what ways is this helping us grow and how can we share this with others it really is as simple as that and if I could be honest I wouldn't pick another group of people in this world to do this with than you guys so let's pray let's sing this last song to the Lord and uh, let's enjoy the rest of our Sunday. Father, thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you that you have called us, like Mikey and the Goonies said, for such, no, he, he didn't say for such a time as this. That's what you said. But Mikey said, this is our time. It's our time down here. And so, Lord, I want to be open and honest with you. We want to be open and honest with you. Um, there are things that need to happen in this world. We actually don't know how to do it. We see a lot of problems, and we know you're the answer, but we don't know how you're going to work it all together, but you say that you will. So what we're going to do is we're going to trust you today with our lives. We're believing that as you work in our lives and in our church, you are transforming us into the people that you want us to be, that you know we can be, that you have designed us to be. And somehow in that, that is going to be ground zero for the way you're changing the world, person by person, 
community by community, city by city, you're doing a work at the street level in people's hearts, Lord. We want to be part of that. So we thank you for today. We thank you for our church family. We thank you for your word. We pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen.